Welcome back to Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. Today's guest became well acquainted with the mental health space because his family is steeped in it. Both his mother and oldest sister are licensed social workers, and Matt Woodkey couldn't help but to frame his worldview through the lens of emotional and mental health awareness. He started playing and coaching youth baseball and found that he could empathize with teammates and players varying in age. When I played, I always gravitated towards younger players um, and just wanting to help them. And I think that's, you know, in big part, you know, like I said, just kind of the environment I grew up in of just, you know, always helping people and, you know, um, and yeah, so like I kind of just took that and used it in the coaching aspect. It started out very small. So it's just like summer camps and stuff, um, but baseball specific summer camps um, where there was, you know, couple guys in charge and I was kind of just a helper but I was working with kids probably ages seven to 12 but yeah I was only two years older than some of them so like the dynamic was interesting it was for me just about kind of in the same way I do my work now it's just about that connection because you know even with just a two-year age gap and now like some of the kids I work with like the furthest apart I am from them is you know, at this point, still less than 10 years, like, you know, nine to eight, eight to nine years, um, you know, but there's such a big difference in those years and you know, even just two years um, that, you know, it's just about finding common ground and, you know, trying to meet in the middle and, you know, get that mutual respect. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do, I think, in coaching, in any kind of work. And that's why like, even now, like, I feel like the coaching experience I have has really helped me understand, like better understand coaches too. And so I love working with coaches. Um, and like, that's some like the best work I've done is like when I can connect with a coach and we can kind of talk about, you know, you know, for instance, like the high school I'm at right now, Rockville high school, um, the football coach, uh, and the baseball coach, I'm very close with both of them. And both of those programs, like, I've been able to do some of the best work with just because, you know, we can really connect on, you know, what players might need certain things and, um, you know, but also the way they coach and the way that the players kind of receive certain things. And, and for me, like, as much as I am there for the kids first and foremost, like, I'm also there for the coaches, like, um, to kind of help them and support them throughout the season because every time you know, you run out for a new season, like, even if you just have a few new kids, the dynamic of the team is completely different each year. And so you have to learn how to coach to that team. And that's something I really feel like I was able to pick up, you know, at an early age because of that, um, because of my experience and having to, you know, figure out how to get that respect when you're only two years older than a couple of the kids you're coaching. Cultivating that respect required that Woodkey structure his teachings in a way that connected with the athletes. He began teaching the fundamentals of the game, but one thing, which had nothing to do with on-the-field play, seemed to always peek through when he watched coaches who he deemed, quote, more experienced and worthy of respect. With that experience, Woodkey noticed, coaches would use the inherent hierarchy to their advantage, pushing athletes up to more important roles as they saw fit. Obviously, as a coach, you want to focus as much as you can on the kids who are 
100% committed or, you know, the best kid on your team. But also, you know, when you leave those other kids behind, you have to understand that, like, you're sacrificing certain elements and sacrificing not just your for your team but like for the sake of like your sport like that's how you know i think now that we've gotten to a point where there are like with little leagues and you know rec basketball programs where things are dying off and there's less kids playing because the focus is going on to a lot of these other kids who are more you know elite um and you know just taking some of the fun out of it a little bit with baseball with football with soccer like it can't you can't do it by yourself you know, so, um, you know, these superior athletes, like, if you're losing all these other ones, like, just because you have this one person, it's not going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to build this team, this winning team. Like, you'll have a okay team or a bad team with a few really good players on it. Um, you need to, you know, really lean into helping as many kids as you possibly can or as many of the athletes that you have that you possibly can. And that's where like in college, it's a little bit easier because you have a bigger coaching staff and like there's more people who you can, you know, really have focused on certain specific areas and really connect with the kids. Um, in high school, like, when there's one or two people, it's definitely harder, but you know, that's why I think it, you, you see a lot of like, uh, Obviously, it's dying off a little more now, but you see in the past, like coaches who are also teachers because they can connect with the kids in the school at the same time. And like you have that, it's hard with that dual relationship sometimes, but you know, it's building that relationship again of like just trying to make every kid feel seen as much as possible. Even if they're not, not every kid is going to be happy with their role. Cause you know, like I said, like that competitiveness, competitiveness everyone wants to play you know and so if you're not you're not going to be happy but you know if you can keep that kid in enough to where they you know they still want to work for it and uh you know that's the goal and I, I think we're losing that a little bit whether this uptick of successful youth athletes came as a result of coaches pushing or as a sign of the changing early sports specialization climate what he didn't know a professional baseball player, a really, really good professional baseball player could play like almost 20 years. And if you play from five years old to 22 by the end of college, like you're almost playing 20 years of baseball. And if you're doing that year round, like that's even almost more than some of these professional athletes are playing because they get, you know, some time off, obviously they're still training, but like when you're constantly playing whatever sport it is, like, by the end of it, you've almost had a career without, you know, you're not making, but you haven't made anything. And like, I don't think that people should regret, you know, having spent that much time on something. I think it's awesome. But at the same time, it makes sense that you're going to be tired and that we're going to start losing people, you know, before they get to that point, because not everyone's going to get to, you know, 22. Some people are going to go from seven to 12 and then that's going to be it. As we lose the fun of it and it becomes this like, you know, you don't have a summer anymore. You're going to Washington, Florida, and you know California, and like, it, I feel like we're alienating the fun of it all. And you really that that's just and you talk about like professional athletes, like 
they're at that level because they truly, truly enjoy what they're doing and they're constantly having fun playing. Yes, it's a job. Yes, it's, you know, not always, you know, uh, as simple as it looks for them, um, but they enjoy it. And, you know, that's why we, everyone does what they do is, you know, most of the time, at least is, you know, you enjoy it. I also think that people like to, especially with kids and high school athletes, people like to assume that they don't know what's best for them in certain areas themselves. And, you know, whenever I'm meeting with an athlete, like I always, you know, tell them like, look, you're, you're in charge here. Like, we're going to kind of go where you want to go because they do know themselves better than anyone. Like, yes, they are young and learning about themselves, but in that, in their current state, they know themselves better than anyone else. And so like sometimes, even if they feel like they need a break and then they maybe regret it halfway through a season, like they had to take that break to learn that lesson and they had to, you know, and, if they want to go back to doing it as much as they, they were before, then they do that. Like, but if you take away the option, you take away the fun, then you take away everything. The combination of his background in mental health work and coaching led Woodkey to Springfield College, where he earned his master's degree in psychology with a concentration in athletic counseling. Now he works in local Rockville High School to help student athletes adjust to the pressures of strategizing their time. He says that although the majority of students he works with are between 14 and 18, he wants to branch out to plant the seeds of mental wellness in younger children as well. I'm contracted by the high school to be there with my company. And one of the things that we're, we were talking about a little bit last year and I want to start talking about more is working with um, the town middle school and the even the town elementary schools, um, not in the exact same capacity that I work with the high school, but, you know, doing little workshops of just like, you know, communication and, you know, just getting the conversation started of, you know, failure and, you know, work ethic and things like that. And really getting the ideas in their head so that, you know, by the time they're in high school, they're more ready to deal with their sports getting a little harder. And in elementary school, it'd be like, it'd be very like limited and like you do it like one gym class out of the year. And like, just kind of work on like, you know, like what happens when the sport gets harder? What happens like if we take some stuff away from you or take advantages away from you? And, you know, because that's where, you know, at least in high school, what I've seen the most is that struggle to deal with, you know, failure in the sport getting harder. There's a lot of not just social skills, but like just, mental health skills that I think kids are lacking just from lack of like interaction and lack of, you know, athletics, lack of everything. Um, and, you know, I, I think there could be, there really could be a place for trying to start some of this stuff a little younger, not like the super complicated stuff, because again, like you, if you start that too early, it takes the fun out of it. But, you know, um, I think if we can start to get a basis as early as, you know, possible. It, it, it can really help. On the daily, Woodkey attempts to break the bond of athletic identity in the still impressionable youth. These teenagers aren't just athletes. They aren't just students. They're trying to figure out the basics of how to be a good friend, a good family member, a good person. I just got by until, you know, my season. 
And then when I was in my season, I tried a little harder. But even that, like, it was just kind of getting by. Like, I would, I used to say to my mom, like, I go to school to play baseball. Like, that's, like, I don't, I don't have no desire to do anything else. So when I'm working with kids, I try to, you know, remind them that, you know, they are, because they are put in these boxes a lot. And, you know, I, I, I think, I think we all do it. And I think I do it. You know, coaches have a hard time looking at their student athletes as anything more than athletes. Even if they're a teacher in the school, teachers have a hard time looking at kids as anything more than a student. You know, even if they're close with them, it's just like, you know, I need you to get my work done. I need you to get, you know, and then even parents, like you have a hard time looking at your kid past being your kid. And like, you know, in high school, these kids are athletes, students, they are turning into adults. They are friends, they are, grandkids, cousins, you know, they have all these different roles for so many people and um, they're trying to balance them all. And it becomes obviously a lot. Allowing these young minds assistance in challenging their beliefs is why Woodkey believes every middle and high school should have mental health services available on campus. They're more able to seek out those things on their own because they know, you know, what they're called at least or like who you know, in their past has helped them. Like they've had teachers who have been willing to talk to them. Like it's a lot of kids are afraid to talk to teachers. So if you can kind of encourage them to, you know, really get to know some of their teachers and talk to them, you know, they're more likely to do that in college. They're more likely to do that beyond college. Um, and so it's really trying to help them be more self-sufficient with this kind of stuff. And I think, again, like I always use the phrase like sports are a great gateway to that. And so like I get kids in the door because, you know, you know, that title mental skills coach carries a lot of weight with them, like, or just the title of coach at all. Like having that in my title carries such weight where they feel like, you know, this is going to help me in my sport. So let's, you know, let's give this a try. And then, you know, we're always talking like within the realm of sports, but at the same time, like focusing on all aspects of life. And, you know, with certain student athletes, I'm much more focused on sports just because that's where they want to be and what they want to focus on. And certain athletes were more focused on the other side of things. But at the same time, like I, like I said before, like I see it all tying in. And with those student athletes, I try more to get them like upstairs with certain, you know, other people who are less sports oriented, um, but at the same time, like don't want to take you know, my ears away from them because obviously they, you know, trust me and, um, you know, I'm able to, you know, work with them as best I can in terms of just, you know, certain issues or at least hear them out sometimes when, you know, they need it. It's a little easier for them because they can kind of just come to me and like, I work on it. And I always, you know, try to focus too on that like player coach relationship and remind them that like, you know, if there's ever a day that like, cause I'm in four days a week. So like say there's one day a week where I'm not there, you know, if there's, you need someone to talk to, like you have coach, you have, you know, this, this, and this, um, and really trying to promote that relationship and like the communication and, you know, letting them know that like, if you have something going on in your personal life and like, if one of your parents is sick and you might have to, you know, step out of practice or miss a game because you have to go bring them somewhere, you know, kids can be afraid to do that. They feel like they're going to get yelled at. 
but you know in reality most coaches are going to be like that's fine like obviously like you do what you need to do and you know I hate it when kids feel that way and I think coaches hate when the kids feel that way because like that's not how they're trying to come off and sometimes you do it's you know just you know be aware of how you come off and if you need to feel like you need to explain yourself sometimes you know, do that and I don't think you should always have to explain yourself with certain things but um, you know try to be aware of the fact that like these kids even if you do tell them like they're gonna take things personally more than you know a fellow you know a peer or you know you know and that goes for not just you know for them as athletes you know but as students uh, as people but you know at the end of the day if you can just build that trust as much as possible build those relationships you're gonna have an easier time seeing certain things you're gonna have an easier time getting certain things out of players when they need to talk Although Woodkey's placed in the public school environment as an easily approachable figure for the students, he's also become a beacon of sorts for coaches to suggest outreach to their players specifically. Coaches who have come to me who are really close with one of their athletes and they have noticed like something different with them. I've had coaches who have been told by their assistants. I've had coaches who have been, you know, had some of their other teammates come up to them and say like, look, we feel like something's going on with so-and-so and, you know, we, you know, we feel like we should talk to her or, and, you know, in this case, you obviously like not every high school, most high schools don't have someone who's like specialized like myself, but like, you know, in this case, like the coaches will then come to me and, you know, I'll meet with a student athlete and then we kind of start to talk about it a little bit or see. And sometimes like that conversation leads to them saying like nothing's wrong and, you know, and I like to just, you know, as long as I can get the door open for them and show them that it's a safe place when they are ready to talk, like, you know, that's the goal. But, you know, as a coach, you know, having that conversation, you know, it's, it depends. And I think that's why coaches really need to work on seeing the bigger picture and focusing on all their athletes instead of just the few. Um, because when something like that comes up, if you, aren't close with an athlete like you know when they need someone to talk to even if you're offering it they're probably not gonna you know use you as a resource or not that they don't trust you but just that you're not you don't have that kind of relationship and if you can have a good relationship with all your players you know at least in a personal from a personal standpoint like you know you're gonna be able to combat combat those things a little better you know one thing the girls soccer coach this past year, one of the things he used to say, like, he used to constantly remind the girls that, like, when, if he's yelling or during a game or during practice, he always would tell them, like, I'm talking to the player, not the person. And, you know, there's, that's harder for kids to understand, I think, sometimes. But at the same time, the same concept of what he's getting at of, like, there's a certain time where, like, he's trying to help you play better doesn't mean he doesn't like you as a person. Like, you know, and for kids, that can be a hard distinction and them trying to, because it doesn't feel that way sometimes. Like, I, I know that from experience for sure, but, um, it, you know, it, it's, as a coach, it's sometimes, yeah, you gotta, you know, I think he did a good job of trying to, at his best to let them know that like, you know, I'm not like, none of this is personal.
always try to be the best possible person you can be on the field, the best teammate. Like, you know, I had, I was walking down in the, like right near my office, the football team has like this big hallway that goes like towards their locker room with a bunch of awards and like a whole bunch of stuff. I was walking down the hall with one of the players. He's a sophomore, but he's like 6'3", like 280, like this kid's massive. And we walked by one of the awards that was like, I think it was the teammate award. And he was like, oh, who would want that award? I was like, you should want that award. Like, you should. Like, and there's no reason, like, because he, the way he was thinking about it was like, you either win MVP or you win, you know, best teammate. Like, win both. Like, you can be the best player in the team and a good teammate, you know. Uh, and I think people forget about that. They, you know, feel like they have to really, really focus on themselves. And that's a hard thing to do, like to not do in high school. Like it's hard to think past yourself at 14, but um, you know, if you can be the best possible team you are to not just, you know, the varsity kids, but the JV kids, the freshman kids, like, you know, help them set an example. Like by the time, like for this kid, he's a sophomore, obviously starting on varsity, but if he can, you know, be a sort of guiding light for some of these other younger kids on JV, by the time he's a senior, like, if they followed his example, like they're gonna have a really good team probably. And that's not just, you know, playing every day, training every day, that has to do with being, you know, the best possible person you can be, being a good student, you know, working on different mental skills, um, you know, building a relationship with teammates, you know, being the kind of person that someone wants to be, you know, that someone wants to coach, like not just because of their skill level, because, but because like you're a good influence on the team and someone like, that the coach like wouldn't have a problem like just hanging out with like because they can talk to you um and it's a huge factor that big 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 factor Woodkey loves being the sounding board for these students success and when breakthroughs happen it reinforces his passion for the job he does and i also like just love building relationships with people so you know i think just getting to know as many of these kids as i have and seeing them succeed it's awesome. Like it's in it, as in this role and as a coach, like I think, you know, as a young coach at 14, like one of the things I really remember is, you know, telling a kid, you know, maybe let's try this. And then he went into the game and did it. And like, I think he had a triple or something and it was like, Oh, wow. Like that felt really good. And like, at the time it's a much more selfish thing of like, that felt really good. Like I should do that more. But now it's just like, I love seeing them like use the things that we work on. Um, and, you know, I've referenced the football team a couple of times, but there's one of the linemen on the football team who I've worked with a lot, you know, um, like seeing him in the state championship game and like being a starter there and using a lot of that stuff, like it's, there's no words for it like it was by far like one of the best experiences i've had just seeing him out there and not just him but all of them like you know they worked so hard to get there and it sucked that they didn't win but you know anytime you know any of these kids can use anything and just because they know like that you know when they use something they're like oh, they can't believe it worked and it's like and they like will come to me and be like, thank you. It's like, it's not about, like, I didn't do it. Like, you know, we talked about it. We came up with an idea together and, you know, you did it. Like, and getting them to realize that they're the ones that are really doing it. Like, it, I think it's, I can't describe how awesome that is. 
Though not all schools are equipped with an individual like Matt, I have a great resource if you're searching for those kinds of services, and you can access it at any time. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I'm so thrilled to be working with them again. Nearly all of my guests have utilized either a sports psychologist or a therapist. Now, I'm bringing the option to you, the listeners. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help you need. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closer Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. And thank you to Matt Woodkey for spending time and laying out the impact of his work on developing minds with us. If you'd like to follow Matt's work, he's on Instagram at m underscore w underscore 19 underscore. You can also follow at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter to see clips from each guest. You can also watch the entire interviews with each of my guests on the Closer Mentality Uncensored YouTube channel. It's in the show notes as well. If you love the content Closer Mentality has been creating, there's also a playlist in the show notes that has helped each of season two's guests get through a tough time. It's quite a conglomeration, but it serves to show that in the same way that sports unite, so does music. Next week, I have another awesome interview planned. Jeremy Wolf, founder of Mind Ready and Team Israel baseball player, comes on the podcast to speak about the struggles of the minor leagues and representing Israel. But until then, see you next week. Mm-hmm.